daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And on today's show, we are lucky enough to be joined by Cody Goodwin. Uh, You cover wrestling. You are the wrestling go-to for Hawkeye Nation. And I appreciate you coming on the show today because this Hawkeye wrestling team is in line to win another national title. So we got to be talking about that on the show today. But before we get to that, how are you personally doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, in addition to all the wrestling duties we're doing. Um, obviously, I do high school football for the register as well. So we're kind of, you know, they're at the Uni Dome this week. So finalizing some stuff before we head up to Cedar Falls. But yeah, um, also taking care of a lot of wrestling stuff too, because, um, you know, not just Iowa, but like, you know, Iowa State, you and I, they're also going to start competing here this coming weekend as well. And um, the high school season starts next week officially with the first day of practice. So there's there's a lot of wrestling coming up really quickly here. So I'm pretty excited. Do you ever get tired? I mean, you are literally watching wrestling, I feel like, six hours every single day and then talking about it as well. Does it ever get tiring at all for you? No, man. I So I grew up a wrestler, so, like, that was my sport. Um, you know, my family just doesn't grow them very big, and that was the sport that I was just kind of drawn to. So to be able to cover it on the level that I do it um, with the number of teams that we have, because it's not just D1, right? It's, you know, I say we as in the state of Iowa. There's a lot of D3 teams. Upper Iowa is a D2 team. Obviously, Grandview and all the NAI NAI schools, there's the, you know, huge growth of women's programs. The the JUCO schools have all um, really competitive teams. And then obviously at the high school level, um, people care um, about, you know, how all those kids are doing, where they're going to schools, all those big competitions. So it's a lot of fun for me, man. It, it doesn't feel like work half the time, which I, I feel like is the dream, right? If you can find a job that doesn't feel like a job, that is absolutely the dream, man. Well, we appreciate your insight. Where are you from again? You're not from Iowa, are you? Or are you from no, Iowa? I'm originally from Kansas City. Uh, That's what it was. I thought it was yeah. from Missouri. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's get into it, man. There is We have a lot of expectations coming into this Iowa wrestling season. They return every single wrestler from last year's national title winning team. Um, the expectations are sky high, right? I mean, if you don't win a national title, it's, it's bust, right? I mean, you, the season is a disappointment if you don't win a national title. Yeah, I mean, they've, they very much have kind of set that expectation for themselves, right? They, they won it last year, um, 129 team points for the NCAA championship, their first um, NCAA team title since 2010. Um, so, you know, an 11-year drought. That was the longest drought that the program has had since they won their first NCAA team title way back in, I believe, 1975. So long time coming. Um, you know, I think we were all pretty convinced that they were going to win it during the the 1920 season. Um, but then obviously uh, the COVID-19 pandemic canceled the NCAA championships that year. But then they're able to come back uh, last year. Still a few COVID hiccups near the end of the season. Um, but they still get the job done at the Big Ten in the NCAA championships, um, even despite, you know, maybe not even the best NCAA tournament from them as well. So, but yeah, kind of like you said, everybody from last year is back. Um, you know, I think there's there's some potential that they could be even better this season. Um, and they're going to get the full wrestling season in too. So there's non-conference dates on the schedule. There's obviously some really big Big Ten competitions coming up, handful of tournaments here that they're going to get to. Um, it's going to be a really big year, um, really big year for the Hawkeyes. Absolutely. I mean, Spencer Lee's the only one who claimed a national title last year. And you could argue Iowa was in the running for probably realistically really in the running for probably three to five national titles. And unfortunately, for various reasons, does not did not capitalize on that. Do you feel like that's something they're emphasizing? I mean, 
Brands talked about in his press conference, we left nine titles in St. Louis. Is I mean, can you be disappointed by a national title winning effort? I feel like Brands almost has that chip on his shoulder. Like we didn't do what we should have done there. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's kind of where their motivation is coming from this year. You know, you know, they scored 129 team points, which is which is quite a bit, you know. And they they you know, I, I it, they're kind of funny talking about how they left you know nine national titles in St. Louis, but I mean that really kind of gets at the idea that you know maybe they didn't really have their best NCAA tournament. You know, when you think about it, um, you know, because Spencer won a title, right? And and he's an alien, and I'm sure we'll talk about him plenty. But yeah, um, you know, they went one and two in the finals on Saturday night at the NCAA championships. You know, Michael Kemmer lost uh, lost a match to Penn State's Carter Storacci. That was at 74, and then 141. Jaden Ironman lost to Nick Lee. So you know, those were two matchups that two weeks earlier they had won those matchups at the Big Ten Championships. So they probably didn't feel too great about that. Um, you know, and then on top of that, um, you know, 129 team points, they had seven total from three separate weights. Um, you know, 184 Nelson Brands, um, Alex Marinelli at 165, and then Max Murin at 149. So, you know, they left with seven All-Americans, only got seven points from three guys who, you know, I think they were maybe expecting uh, quite a bit more points from Alex Marinelli for one, but then also, you know, Max Murin, they kind of thought last year would be the year that he'd break through the blood round and get to the podium. Um, Nelson Brands had looked like he, um, you know, he had done some good things, still a little undersized at 184. I don't know how uh, how disappointed they were in his performance overall, but, um, you know, with Ava Saad back healthy this year, I think they're expecting to get a lot more points out of that weight as well. So, um, you know, and then there's, you know, like Caleb Young, for example, you know, he, he came in, you know, I, I don't know that he, he kind of rustled below his seat a little bit at seventh place, right? Um, Tony Cassiope did a fantastic job. Austin DeSanto did a fantastic job scoring a lot of points. Um, Jacob Warner, I thought was tremendous last year at the NCAA championships. So, um, you know, it was a tremendous tournament and they still won by 15 and a half points over Penn State. <laughs> Um, you know, and they still feel like they left points out there too. Right. So I think that's, you know, when, when you hear them say, you know, we left nine titles in St. Louis, like, yes, that's super ambitious, but you know, reading between the lines there and kind of looking at last year's performance, they definitely feel like they left a lot of points out there. So, you know, when I, when I say that they're coming in and I think they could be even better this year, that's, it's those little things. I think when they get to March is kind of what they're emphasizing. Absolutely, man. And we're going to talk about all those guys. I definitely want to talk about the 184 weight class, the 149 weight class, but you mentioned Spencer Lee. We got to talk about Spencer Lee first. That's where this all starts and stops. Uh, Spencer Lee has been a viral sensation. If you didn't know about Spencer Lee before this year, first of all, were you living under a rock? And second of all, uh, you do now. Um, he has been appearing on some podcasts, been getting a ton of NIL deals and has been really the, the man behind the Iowa wrestling team, uh, wrestling on no ACLs. I, I had a buddy who we were playing kickball, tore his ACL, and couldn't move for like three weeks. Meanwhile, Spencer goes out and wins the big, finishes off, wins the Big Ten championship, and then goes in the NCAA tournament and wins that with no ACLs. Um, is he healthy at this point? Yeah, he's super healthy. So he uh, he did not get surgery though. Like he's he's told he's told me that. I don't know if he's told anybody else that, but he yeah opted not to get surgery. They're doing sort of different types of rehabs to kind of keep him healthy and keep him ready. Um, he's, he's an interesting cat, man. He's so it's, it's, why didn't he get surgery? That's normally the first question, right? Well, um, various reasons why I guess they're, they're just kind of waiting to get through this season first. Um, because I mean, he's torn both of his knees multiple times now and the, the, the recovery period for a second ACL reconstruction is longer than it is for a first ACL construction. Right. So then on top of that, Honestly, his bodily makeup kind of allows him to maybe do what he's going to be able to do this year, which is just it's it makes him super, super unique. Right. I mean, he's he's kind of short. He's kind of stocky. 
Um, you know, so what they basically did was they kind of strengthened all the muscles and the tendons around the ACL joint. Um, you know, because there's, you know, as for as many stories as there are about Spencer Lee and as many stories as there are about your friend, there's also just as many stories about like, you know, I hear about volleyball players all the time, tearing an ACL and going right back out on the floor and continuing to play volleyball. Right. And so that's, you know, that's different movements than maybe, you know, football where you're cutting left and right, north and south a little bit, um, where rustling, you know, you can kind of adjust your style to, um, you know, kind of stalk a little bit instead of really powering through shots. And, and you know, I, there's there's different ways to adjust. Right. I mean, same thing with volleyball. I w- I'm not going to consider myself a volleyball expert, but I know that there are stories out there of volleyball players tearing not just ACLs, but various ligaments in their knee and still going out there and finding a way to contribute and play at a very high level. So um, not unheard of. It does make him unique. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's healthy. I've watched him wrestle a handful of different times in the practice room. He's looked really good. Um, you know, I was in Iowa city last week. Um, the program held intra-squad matches. He got one on Friday. He wrestled Jesse Ibarra, who's a really talented freshman out of Arizona. Um, you know, Spencer pinned him in about 90 seconds. So he's, he's still Spencer Lee, man. So business as usual. And, you know, it's obviously something we're going to be monitoring as the season goes along, but, um, you know, I, I, kind of what I said last year, until he gives you a reason to worry, I don't know that I would really worry too much about it. So obviously we're going to have our eyes on it, but, um, yeah, man, he's, he's still Spencer Lee. He's an animal, man. All right, y'all, we have to quickly pause the show with Cody because I want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They also offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players. You pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. And you can also mix sports, basketball and football, Iowa basketball, Iowa football. You can do it all at prizepicks.com. And right now, all of our listeners, if you go to prizepicks.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you sign up today. Entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And PrizePix offers safe and fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. And I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcast at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes every Monday through Friday free Lockdown Hawkeyes. Let's get back to our conversation with Cody Goodwin right now. Um, right behind him is Austin DeSanto. Their their rivalry, their battling in Pennsylvania is uh, well documented, and how obviously Austin got here from Drexel. But what I'm curious about with Austin is, I feel like he has yet to reach his potential. It feels like he's always just there, but can never really close in on the very important match, especially going up when he goes up against Penn State. Um, can Austin DeSanto break through this year? And is that an accurate representation of where he is? Because I feel like. It just he just struggles a little bit sometimes with his emotions, struggles sometimes with some of the spotlight on him. Um, but clearly a talented wrestler. Can he break through this year? Yeah. I mean, I thought I felt like last year he was he was tremendous. He's been very, very good since he's come to Iowa. I want to say he's, you know, 52 and 12 since he made yep. the transfer over from Drexel. Yeah, so. come breaking through is a is a, a term used for people like that who's very good. And I just like it's an NCAA title at this point, I feel like for him is where the breakthrough yeah. comes into. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think he's a bona fide title contender, Um, you know, and anybody that maybe thinks otherwise probably has some unrealistic expectations for him. He's been great, man. I mean, last year at the NCAA championships, for example, he went five and one. He got to the semifinals. That was as good as I've ever seen him look. 
Um, from a team point perspective, he put up 19 and a half points, which for perspective, first place wrestlers who don't score any bonus points at the NCAA championship score 20 points. So he was basically worth the equivalent of a national champion wrestler. Um, he just so happened to finish third. The guy he lost to Dayton fix from Oklahoma state's very, very good. Um, you know, it was a three, two match in the semifinals. That's as close as I've ever seen Dayton. Um, you know, when it comes to trying to wrestle those top tier guys, him and like Roman Bravo young from Penn state, those are the two guys that are ahead of him right now. Um, you know, I think if he just kind of continues on the progression he's been on, I think absolutely he could be able to get one of those guys just kind of, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities when they're there in the match. He got in on a handful of shots, if I remember correctly, against Dayton Fix in that match, um, just struggled to finish. So that's your next step, right? So we've seen wrestlers kind of take steps like that over the course of the years, like Pat Lugo comes to mind. I remember a handful of years ago, he, um, you know, wrestling Ohio State, Sammy Sasso. The first time they wrestled, Sasso beat him. I think it was like two to one or something. Um, Lugo got in on like seven shots, but couldn't finish. Fast forward to the Big Ten Championship match a couple months later, he gets on his first shot, boom, he finishes, ends up winning that match three to two. So we know that that progression could be there for Austin DeSanto. It's a matter of just kind of taking advantage of the opportunity when they get there. Uh, but hey, 133 is a pretty tough weight class. It's not just, you know, Dayton Fix and Roman Bravo Young that, that um, you know, DeSanto is going to have to worry about. But, you know, I'll tell you what, he, you know, he had an inter-squad match too. I got to see him roll around a little bit over the last few weeks. He looks just as good, man. He's, you know, that's a dude that, Really hasn't struggled a whole lot when it comes to health things. Um, always energetic, always healthy, always ready to go. Um, yeah, and that's that's been a tremendous one-two punch, like you said, since he's come over from Drexel. Um, obviously, which was you know part of the help with Spencer Lee, and you know this is kind of what they envisioned when Spencer was like, "Hey, maybe you should just go ahead and come here." It's a great one-two punch for the Hawks. Absolutely. And then you add in Jaden Ironman at 141, uh, one of the arguably more entertaining wrestlers we have on the Iowa squad. I, I love, I, I don't understand wrestling that much. That's why I bring the expert like you on here, Cody, but I love watching Jaden just wrestle. I think it's just fun. He's just aggressive the entire time. What are your thoughts on Jaden uh, losing in the NCAA finals last year? Um, how hungry is he? He came here to, to obviously train under the tutelage of the Brands brothers, also be in this, this arena with these Iowa Hawkeyes. I, I think he was from Missouri, right? Yeah, he came up from Missouri. Yep. Um, so wh where is his head at? I mean, he's, he's got to be pissed off from what happened, but motivated as heck to come back and not let that happen again. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he was, it was a really good, it was, it was a very, the guy he lost to is very good, right? Like that's, you know, obviously he's going to be motivated by that. Um, you know, and he's been training quite a bit. He competed a little bit in the spring. So he went to, he went to the senior men's freestyle national championships and ended up winning a national title there. He beat some pretty tough wrestlers, um, in route to winning that one. So, um, still as good as ever, still as driven as ever. You know, he came up here not only to, you know, contribute to the Hawkeyes, right, these next two years, but also to um, continue competing in the, under, uh, you know, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club whenever his collegiate career is done. So, you know, he's got one more year here. Um, obviously, he's going to be driven by that loss to, to Nick Lee, you know, and that's a match he knows he can win. He's beaten Nick Lee previously. Um, so, and, you know, obviously, you know, that's one of the rematches that Penn State was able to win after, you know, Jaden beat Nick Lee in the Big Ten Finals two weeks before that. So, um, he knows he's right there. Um, 141, I think, is going to get a lot more interesting this year. There's going to be a handful more guys there. I know Michigan's Stevan Micic, um, who competed at the Olympics and has been on the world stage over the last few years. He's bumping up to 141 this year. Um, Cornell's Yanni Diakmahalas, who's a two-time NCAA champ. He's beaten Jaden a couple times. Um, but Jaden has also given Yanni his only uh, career collegiate loss, too. So he's going to be in the mix there. Um, 141 is going to get a little bit deeper and a little bit tougher here. So it's not just Nick Lee that Jaden has been yeah. preparing for. It's it's a lot of other guys that are going to be in the mix there this year. That's going to be a really exciting weight. And, um, you know, Jaden's going to be right there at the top with a lot of those contenders. So there's, um, you know, it's not just Nick Lee he's gunning for. There's a lot of tough guys that are going to be there this year. An amazing one, two, three there. We get to, I'm not going to go through every single wrestler here, but just Max Mirren at 149. 
Um, what are the expectations for Max? Is there a chance that we see someone else kind of step into that 149 weight, or is it pretty much Max Murin or Bust? Um, you know, coming in, he's the lowest, second lowest ranked wrestler on this Iowa wrestling squad in that starting lineup. Um, what are the thoughts on Max Murin coming into the season, and, and can he take the next jump? Yeah, uh, first thought on Max Murin is that if if your lowest ranked wrestler is still the 12th best wrestler in the country, it is you're pretty good. You've got champagne problems, my guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, but hey, Max Murin, I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, NCAA championships twice. He's been to the quarterfinals twice. He's been to the blood round twice. Blood round is what we call the round of 12 or the bubble match, um, you know, where if you win, you're an All-American. If you lose, you don't. Uh, Max, unfortunately, has not been able to win his blood round match the last couple times he's been there. So um, I think right now this is one of the more interesting weights to watch for the Hawkeyes, I think, in the early portion of the season. He's he's been very good. I think he's he's probably going to start, um, you know, maybe with kind of like a head advantage, I think, in this in this particular lineup race. But one name I think people should maybe pay attention to is Vince Turk. Um, he is back in the room this year. He took last year off. Um, you know, he was doing some active military duty stuff, which actually froze his eligibility clock. So he, he left that. He's got one more year available. Um, and I think people forget um, a couple things about Vince Turk. One, he was the guy at 141 for Iowa a few years ago, back in 2018, um, where he actually went three and two at the NCAA championships, made it to the round of 16, scored a handful of points there for the Hawks in their third place finish that year. Um, and then you fast forward to the 1920 season, which was the last year Turk was in the room. He was neck and neck with Pat Lugo. Um, you know, that was that was one of those inter-squad matches that had a Russell off field to it. Lugo ended up winning that match two to one. And then Lugo ended up winning basically everything that year. Right. He won the Midlands. Um, he won ev almost every Big Ten duel. He won the Big Ten championships. He was the number one seed at the NCAA championships. So him and Turk were right there that year. So I'm going to be kind of curious to see how they use Turk this year, what that lineup battle might look like. I think people should probably circle on their calendars the Midlands in late December, because that's usually when Iowa coach Tom Brands wants to figure out any sort of lineup battle. Um, you mentioned 184. We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. But 149, I think, is one that might be very quietly up for grabs if Max doesn't perform in the early portion of the season. That's just something to keep in mind. All right, y'all, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. That's netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-C-A-A. For special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. And you've heard me talk about Built Bars before. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are absolutely missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars, they're chalky, they're waxy, they're plain, just hard to choke down, but Built Bars are soft, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. I love Built Bars. My favorite is the white chocolate chip 
or white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles, and it is truly the best way to start every single day. Have that with a nice glass of milk, and I'm ready to kick off my day. These built Bars are delicious, but the best part about them is they're also nutritious as well. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And right now, they have limited time flavors dropping every three to four days. So even if you've made a purchase recently, go to BuiltBar.com. So right now, go to BuiltBar.com or Built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, let's let's just turn our attention to 184. I think uh, Brands had a good quote here. We have a returning starter, and we have a returning All-American, and we have Miles Wilson. We have a lot of depth here. We also have Brendan Swafford, who is a NAI All-American transfer. I actually had him on the show. Uh, fantastic guy to talk to. I mean, that uh, – again, you talk about champagne problems. I mean, the, the, <laughs> at 184, arguably the weakest you know spot technically – has a ton of depth of very good wrestlers. So what are your expectations for here and who are kind of the guys in the running? Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of hit on it, right? You got Abasad, you've got Miles Wilson, um, Brennan Swafford, if he wants to bump to 84, I know he might be between 84 and 74 this year. Um, and then obviously Nelson Brands, who who manned the spot last year while Abasad was hurt. I think they're going to start. Um, you know, I think Abe's probably got, you know, not unlike Max, he's probably got a little bit of a lead in that race right now for that starting spot. He's, he's a full 184 pounder. He's the returning guy that, you know, if I don't think if he was hurt last year, he probably would have ended up being the guy that went to, uh, went in the postseason. Um, you know, Miles Wilson is a very intriguing option there because, you know, he's really been, he's been hurt the last few years. So really a lot of people have not been able to get to see a ton of him. Um, you know, in the moments he has been able to compete, he's been pretty good. Like he just, he actually just came back from Serbia. He was competing for team USA at the U 23 men's freestyle world championship. So this guy's pretty good when he's able to get healthy, get on the mat train. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to kind of see how that unfolds a little bit. You mentioned Swafford. He's a two-time NAIA national champ from Graceland who, um, you know, obviously transferred to Iowa. He's at, I think he's got three years of eligibility, or maybe he's got two years of eligibility and a red shirt left. So mm-hmm. three years in the room. And then obviously Nelson Brands, who's not a full 184 pounder, but he proved himself to be pretty capable, right? Fourth place at the Big Ten Championships last year. Um, won a handful of tough matches throughout the Big Ten season. Went one and two at the at the NCAA Championships. Won his first match, lost his next two. So maybe a little disappointing on that end. But um, again, a little undersized. I think he's more of a true 174 pounder. So um, kind of keep him in that that lineup battle maybe earlier in the season. But then I actually wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Nelson Brands at 174 quite a bit this year. Uh, maybe to give Michael Kemmer some rest, you know, because that guy, he's he's in his seventh or eighth year now. I forget <laughs> how long he's been part of the program. Um, but, you know, Tom Brands is probably going to want to rest him a little bit more. So we could see Nelson maybe in some spots at 174. Maybe he outright earns the spot at 184. Um, you know, but I, I I think we'll probably see a Basad there to start at 184. And then, again, Midlands Championships, maybe there's a handful of other open tournaments that we could see, you know, a Miles, Swafford's in that mix, maybe even see Nelson there. They might be able to figure out that weight sometime in late December. But, um, you know, with a Basad back healthy, um, he got an intra-squad match. He actually beat Vernon Swafford. It was 14-2 to two last week. Um, you know, I, I, I like the way he looks. I like the way he was attacking and wrestling last week. And I got to see him work out a little bit again in the room as well. So he, he looks pretty good. I think I'd give him the lead for now. I love him, man. Are there any other weight classes that are up for grabs? Like, I, I know I'm doing air quotes. If you can't see this on the podcast, up for grabs. Are there any other weight classes that we should even be weary of potentially someone else coming in barring any injury? No, I think, you know, if, if everybody stays healthy and all stays the same, I mean, I, this lineup's going to look almost exactly like it did last year, right? Spencer, DeSanto, Ironman, 
Um, you know, that Miran Turk thing, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But then at 57, Caleb Young, 65, Marinelli's back, 74, Kemmer, um, 84. Again, we kind of touched on that. And then 97 in heavyweight, you got Jacob Warner and, and Tony Cassiope. So um, it's a mean lineup, man. It's re- There's really not a whole lot of holes anywhere. I mean, if you're, again, if your weakest rustler, you know, in theory is still top 12 in the country, I think you're sitting pretty good as a program. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we obviously have an amazing starting lineup. What about the guys behind those guys? We are bringing in recruits left and right, uh, a ton of talent in that room. Who are some guys that you should you want you would want to spotlight going into maybe even next season as this lineup will definitely change going into next year? Who are some guys you want to spotlight? Man, there's there's a ton of really good young guys in the room right now. Um, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to watch a lot of these because there's there's a lot of Iowa guys, there's a lot of guys who have just kind of been in and around the region a little bit. Um, you know, I think the first one that a lot of Iowa fans probably know already is Patrick Kennedy. Um, you know, he's a guy from Minnesota. He was the number one ranked wrestler coming out um, as a senior. He was part of the 2020 recruiting mm-hmm. class. So he was a he was a true freshman last year. And then because of the COVID relief year, he's still by eligibility standards, a true freshman this year. Um, so they're going to see a lot of Patrick Kennedy moving forward in the future. I'm actually excited for a lot of these younger guys to get kind of the regular um normal wrestling season this year because we're going to get to see a lot of these guys at like open tournaments and other various competitions throughout the season but yeah Patrick Kennedy um, from Minnesota he's going to wrestle 165 this year very excited to kind of see how he competes um, you know a handful of other guys like uh, Colin Shriver for example he's from Mason City he was a three-time Iowa State champ um, you know we got to see him at uh, the junior world team trials this spring the U23 world team trials um, you know earlier in the summer um, you know, he's going to be really good, I think, at 133 in the coming years. Um, there's a couple other lightweights like Drake Ayala from Fort Dodge, Jesse Ybarra from Arizona. Um, both of those guys, I think, are going to maybe battle it out between 25-33 along with Shriver there. Um, you know, Zach Glazier, who's going to probably back up Jacob Warner at 197. He was in the finals of the junior world team trials earlier this summer. Um, Aaron Costello has been a very, very capable heavyweight behind Tony Cassiope the last few years. Um, you know, that's another Iowa kid. Um, they got a lot of depth, man. And then there's a lot of exci- there's a lot more exciting freshmen too, like Brentley Reyna from Florida. He got a little bit of run last year. Um, you know, Caleb Rachi from Ankeny. He's another guy that's in the room. Um, you know, there's a lot of talented guys that they've got in there, um, you know, that are going to be major players for the Hawkeyes moving forward into the future for sure. I know what I'm about to say is going to sound ignorant for someone like you who follows the wrestling program incredibly closely, but the Iowa wrestling program is the equivalent to Alabama football, essentially. And I love it. It's freaking awesome. We have all these guys in here. You have backups that could be starters, essentially, on any and any other wrestling lineup or kind of be the lead guy there, which I think is amazing. Um, speaking of, of that, too, recruiting-wise, this last month, it feels like every other day I check Twitter and we have a new commit to the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling program. Um <laughs> Any guy you want to spotlight from that regard, any uh, any wrestler people should be keeping their eyes on um, or keeping their you know ears on as far as how they're doing um, in high school as they prepare for the Iowa career in a couple of years. Yeah, man, there's uh, they, they had a stretch throughout the month of October where they scooped up a lot of a lot of really talented in-state wrestlers. So and that just so happens that um, at least for Iowa high school wrestling, these next two classes, like the 2022 senior class currently and the 2023 junior class. Um, maybe some of the best high school wrestling classes that Iowa has seen in quite some time. So, um, you know, Iowa had a huge visit day in October. Um, I believe it was the same day that they, uh, they, it was the same weekend that they beat Penn state in football. So great time uh, to have your recruits out, right? Yeah. And it wasn't just the wrestling program. If I remember, <laughs> everyone had recruits out yeah, basketball were, at a ton football had like 70. There was, some, well, I remember hearing a number that there was something close to like 400 total recruits on campus that weekend for all sports. <laughs> 
Um, so, hey, you know what? Like, that's, <laughs> if, if what a good showing. Works, much right? better than the Purdue showing. Oh, that would have been a terrible time to have 400 recruits on campus. I know, right? Um, but, yeah, I, so there's there's a lot of talented in-state wrestlers that have, you know, obviously announced their commitments to the Hawkeyes. Um, you know, a bunch of them, I'm trying to think, you know, in the senior class, you got guys like Aiden Riggins from Waverly Shell Rock. He's a returning state champ. He was a national finalist this past year, almost made the cadet world team. Very, very talented wrestler out of Waverly Shell Rock. Um, Des Moines Lincoln's Mickey Griffith. He's a past state champ, was a state finalist again last year. Another talented kind of heavier weight guy, Bradley Hill from Bettendorf, um, another state champ, another guy that almost made the cadet world team this past summer. Um, you know, and then even in the junior class, this is where I think they're really starting to pick up steam. And um, I know they're really starting to target a lot of the top recruits, um, you know, just not even, not even in just Iowa, but around the country too. You got Southeast Polk's Nate Jessaroga, his older brother, um, Joel Jessaroga also committed. Um, Joel Jessaroga is a state champ. Nate Jessaroga is a state champ. Nate Jessaroga is actually one of the best in the country. He was a, he was a cadet world bronze medalist this past summer. So he's, wow. He's a he's pretty when it comes to talented wrestlers, he's 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 one of those generational talents that I know Tom Brands wanted really bad. Right down the road in Iowa City at Iowa City High, uh, Ben Keeter, um, who actually plays for the little he plays football. He actually committed yeah. to play both football and Russell for the Hawkeyes. So that's he's gonna be a really intriguing prospect to watch over the next couple of years. And actually the Little Hawks are gonna play at the Unidome on Friday. They got Southeast Polk on Friday night in the state semifinals. So um, Iowa high school sports fans in general, they're gonna be seeing a lot of Ben Keeter over the next few years. Um, and then I'm trying to think about Ryder Block from Waverly Shell Rock. He's another really talented two-time state finalist. He was a state champ as a freshman. One career loss um, on his high school career record. And it was wow. to Drake Ayala, who is currently in the Iowa room. So, yeah, um, yeah really talented wrestler there. Um, and then I know that those are mostly in-state guys, but they actually also just picked up a commit from uh, Pennsylvania's Colby Franklin, um, who's one of the better big men in the country. So I think he's currently ranked fifth in the country at 195 pounds, um, you know, Pennsylvania state champ. Um, absolutely talented wrestler, one of the one of the better big men in the country. So yeah, Hawkeye recruiting has done very very well recently. And then obviously you got a ton of really talented in-state guys who I think uh, um, going to make a really good foundation for the program moving forward. And even some of them could develop into really talented collegiate prospects too. So that remains to be seen. But yeah, they've they've been rolling Super on exciting. the recruiting show. Yeah. And Ben Keeter, I'm curious uh, how I don't I've never heard of someone double dipping into football and to wrestling, and I feel like especially the way Iowa football builds up their football players. Uh, it's a bit of a competing priority here in terms of gaining weight versus losing weight. Um, how does someone handle that at the collegiate level where it becomes a little bit more intense? Well, so Ben is Ben's unique. He's a unicorn of an athlete. So like, he's just, he can do things that guys his size probably shouldn't do or just normally can't do. Um, but he here's, here's where it makes it really, really unique. He is going to, he projects, I think, um, either as a linebacker or as a tight end. I'm not exactly sure which way he's going to mm -hmm. go in college. He's got some time to decide that. Um, but, you know, he's going to be a heavyweight in college. He's got the frame. He's still growing. He has decided to commit to kind of the bulk up. So, um, you know, at heavyweight, you can probably sit somewhere between 240 and 260, which, you know, football fans out there, that's your ideal size if you're a linebacker or a tight end, especially at Iowa, right? So I don't know that the weight is going to be an issue. I think the issue is going to be, you know, what does time commitment look like? What do practice commitments look like? You know, obviously you're going to be Kirk's in the fall. You're going to be Tom's in the winter. Um, how are you going to be able to balance the offseason stuff? Because they're both are probably going to want you to do both. What he's um, said is that he's going to basically try. Um, he's going to try it for the first year or two, see if it's manageable. And if it isn't, then he'll make a decision which one he should do. So 
Um, that'll be kind of interesting to follow. Um, it's not uncommon to try and do both at the D1 level. It's, it's, it's hard to find a lot of success stories like that. Like I know at, at Fresno State, Josh Hokett was kind of the prime example of that, where he was, he was a fullback for Fresno State football, um, and then he was an All-American at 197 and, and was, I believe, a top 12 ranked heavyweight his senior year. Um, now I think he's on the 49ers practice squad, so he ended up going the football route all the way. Um, but I remember back in like the, I say, I remember I've read stories and I've talked to people about guys back in the, back 80s. in my day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say back in the eighties, but I'm not that old. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there were guys like, um, you know, like Mark Sinlinger, um, Doug Ben Scooter. Um, I think one, I think bowls, one of the Bullsbys. um, you know, there are a lot of guys that wrestled and played football. Like they would play football for Hayden Fry and then they'd go wrestle for Dan Gable and, you know, they, those two coaches would kind of talk to each other when it came to trying to recruit these high level athletes, because if, you know, if they were good enough to go do both, they can go do both. You know, I think Mark Sinlinger was maybe the best example. He was, um, you know, three year starter at center. Um, and then also, you know, two time, big, cha big 10 champ and, um, you know, all American heavyweight for the Hawkeyes too. So it's not impossible. It's not, not been done before, but yeah. um, it is a little bit more unique nowadays because of, you know, especially when you get to that college level at the division one level specialist, I know people, when you're in high school, play all the sports, literally play everything. But when you get to college, like there is a little bit of specialization involved if you want to kind of get to where you want to go, um, you know, cause you can, you can go wrestle where you're going to be expected to win NCAA titles and potentially even go on to world Olympic success, or you can go play football where Iowa has a track record, especially when it comes to linebackers and tight ends of putting guys in the league. Right. So you can't go wrong either way, but that's going to be a really interesting experiment to follow over the first few years. Once he gets on campus. What a good problem to have. Uh, you could either potentially go to the NFL or you could be an individual world champion in wrestling. Uh, I wish I had that as my two options on my plate. Um, Cody, it has been awesome hearing all the knowledge that you just dropped on me and also our listeners. Uh, that's why we have you on. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. High school, state football. You have wrestling coming up. Where can everyone find your awesome work at? Yeah, man. I'm, I, I tweet a lot. I'm on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. Um, trying to do a little bit more stuff on Instagram as well. Cody J Goodwin. Um, and then obviously all my stuff is written on, you know, Des Moines register and hawkcentral.com, um, hawkcentral.com specifically when it comes to like Iowa wrestling stuff. Um, and then obviously Des Moines register.com has got all the, you know, high school, Iowa state, you and I, and, and anything else wrestling that um, we end up writing about. So yeah, there's a lot of different places. Well, didn't you used to have a, didn't you have a podcast last year talking about wrestling? Yeah, so I still have that podcast. We're we're doing we're doing it weekly right now through uh, the off season, even though the season's basically here. But once I get through kind of high school football season, we'll get back to two times weekly, just various interviews and and just kind of random thoughts and other stuff throughout the season. So yeah, that's called In the Room, um, and you can basically find that wherever you find your podcast. I love it. Yeah. For anyone out there, you want to get wrestling talk, my suggestion, go to Cody. Cody's got you covered. I want to thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Uh, as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.